Chapter Three of A Bayard from Bengal by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Three: The Involuntary Fascinator. Please do not pester me with unwelcome attentions, since to respond I have no intentions. Your charms are deserving of honorable mentions, but previous attachment compels these abstentions an unwilling wooed to his wooer original unpublished poem by h b j mr bosch was very soon enabled to make his debut as a pleader for the mooktears sent him briefs as thick as an autumn leaf in valombrosa and having on one occasion to prosecute a youth who had embezzled an elderly matron mr bosch's eloquence and pathos melted the jury into a flood of tears which procured the triumphant acquittal of the prisoner but the bow of achilles which as poet homer informs us was his only vulnerable point must be untied occasionally and accordingly mr bosch occasionally figured as the gay dog in upper-class societies and was not long in winning a reputation in smart circles as a champion bounder for he did greet those he met with a pleasant obsequious affability and familiarity which easily endeared him to all hearts in his appearance he would but for a somewhat mediocre stature and tendency to a precocious obesity have strikingly resembled the well-known statuary of the apollo bellevue and he was in consequence inordinately admired by aristocratic feminines who were enthralled by the fluency of his small talk and competed desperately for the honor of his company at their afternoon at home teas it was at one of these exclusive festivities that he first met the duchess dickinson and as we shall see hereafter that meeting took place in an evil ominous hour for our hero as it happened the honorable high-born hostess proposed a certain card game known as penny napkin and fate decreed that mr bosch should sit contiguous to the duchess's grace who by lucky speculations was the winner of incalculable riches but hoity-toity what were his dismay and horror when he detected that by her ledger domain and double dealing she habitually contrived to assign herself five pictured cards of leading importance how to act in such an unprecedented dilemma as a chivalrous it was repugnant to him to accuse a duchess of sharping at cards and yet at the same time he could not stake his fortune against such a foregone conclusion so he very tactfully contrived by engaging the duchess's attention to substitute his card hand for hers and thus effect the exchange which is no robbery and she finally observing his finesse and struck by the delicacy with which he had so unostentatiously rebuked her duplicity earnestly desired his further acquaintance for a time mr bosch doubtless obeying one of those supernatural and presentimental monitions which were undreamt of in the horatian philosophy resisted all her advances but alas the hour arrived in which he became as samson with delilah it was at the very summit of the season during a brilliantly fashionable ball at the ladbroke hall archer street bayswater whither all the elites of tip-top london society had congregated mr bosch was present but standing apart overcome with his bashfulness at the paucity of upper feminine apparel and designing to take his premature hook when the beauteous duchess in passing surreptitiously flung over him a dainty nose-handkerchief 
deliciously perfumed with extract of cherry blossoms with native penetration into feminine coquetries he interpreted this as an intimation that she desired to dance with him and though not proficient in such exercises he made one or two revolutions round the room with her cooperation after which they retired to an alcove and ate raspberry ices and drank lemonade mr bosch's sparkling tittle-tattle completely achieved the duchess's conquest for he possessed that magical gift of the gab which inspired the tender passion without any connivance on his own part and though the duchess was no longer the chicken having attained her thirtieth lustre she was splendidly well preserved with huge flashing eyes like searchlights in a face resembling the full moon of tall stature and proportionate plumpness most young men would have been puffed out by pride at obtaining such a tip-top admirer not so our hero whose manly heart was totally monopolized by the image of the fair unknown whom he had rescued at cambridge from the savage clutches of a horned cow and although after receiving from the duchess a musk-scented postal card requesting his company on a certain evening he decided to keep the appointed tryst it was only against his will and after heaving many sighs on reaching the duchess's palace which was situated in pembridge square bayswater he had the mortification to perceive that he was by no means the only guest since the reception halls were thickly populated by gilded worldlings but the duchess advanced to greet him in a very kind effusive manner and intimating that it was impossible to converse with comfort in such a crowd she led him to a small side-room where she seated him on a couch by her side and invited him to discourse mr bosch discoursed accordingly paying her several high-flown compliments by which she appeared immoderately pleased and discoursed in her turn of instinctive sympathies until our hero was wriggling like an eel with embarrassment at what she was to say next and at this point duke dickinson suddenly entered and reminded his spouse in rather abrupt fashion that she was neglecting her remaining guests after the duchess's departure mr bosch with the feelings of an innate gentleman felt constrained to make his sincere apologies to his ducal entertainer for having so engrossed his better half frankly explaining that she had exhibited such a marked preference for his society that he had been deprived of all option in the matter further assuring his dukeship that he by no means reciprocated the lady's sentiments and delicately recommending that he was to keep a rather more lynx-like eye in future upon her proceedings to which the duke greatly agitated replied that he was unspeakably obliged for the caution and requested mr bosch to depart at once and remain in absentee for the future which our friend cheerfully undertook to perform and in taking leave of the duchess exhorted her with an eloquence that moved all present to abandon her frivolities and levities and adopt a deportment more becoming her matronly exterior the reader would naturally imagine that she would have been grateful for so friendly and well-meant a hint but oh dear it was quite the reverse for from a loving friend she was transformed into a bitter and most unscrupulous enemy as we shall find in forthcoming chapters truly it is not possible to fathom the perversities of the feminine disposition end of chapter three read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com